In the losing, lost system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups. The Republican God. To investigate crime and the good guys. To prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Uh, I am the elder brother, Pierce Nahigian. And I am the younger brother, Derek Hobson. And this is Losing Lost. Today we are discussing Lost, Season 1, Episode 9, Solitary. It first aired on November 17th, 2004 on ABC. It was written by David Fury, uh, who previously wrote Walkabout. Uh... (laughs) Well, because... Yep. That's some good... Okay. Uh, This is... uh, (laughs) This is some good Lost. Yeah. Oh, man. How did you feel about this episode? Uh, it was fabulous. It was really good. I with This episode and last episode together is a real one-two punch of just being a sleek, well-written, well-acted, firing all, all cylinders, lost at the peak of its powers. It's, it's really good. And I'm not going to say anything else for right now. What did you think of this episode? No, I'm in the the same boat. This this one for me is a game changer on <laughs> uh, so many levels. One, I, I feel like this one really encapsulates the thing we talked about in the pre-show about how the show could be anything, be it, you know a sitcom or a medical drama or what have you. But really seeing a wartime flashback sequence was mm-hmm. uh, sobering and. Yeah, as you said with the the last episode, it's like a natural consequence of <laughs> what happened. Yeah, it almost uh, feels like a two-part episode just with how closely it follows. Like, they don't spend too much time dwelling on all the events of the last episode, but everything is, is there. It's the follow-up to Sawyer and everybody being on edge and Saeed being on his own. Instead of it just being character-driven, it's genre-driven. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. The flashbacks in this episode are super, super short. Uh, but they so perfectly underline everything that's happening. It's None of them are any longer than they need to be. And the real story is on the island. And those flashbacks are really there just to give a little extra insight into who Saeed is. And I, I love it. I love it when they do this. And they did it last episode as well, where those flashbacks with Sawyer were not super long. They just emphasized the things that were going through his head and, and what drove him to to where he's at now on the island. And I, I really like it. It felt like the Kate flashbacks in Australia were much longer than what we've gotten in the last two episodes, where they really are just these little a little taste of, of, of the life before. Yeah, I feel like that's right. I get, for some reason, I, of all the episodes, the one I always go back to is feeling like it's dragging its feet is the lock one when he's a weed farmer or whatever. Cause it really felt like they were just like pulling you along until they reveal. Yes, it's weed. That's what he's doing here. I completely anyway, forgot about that. I mean, it's a very forgettable episode. I, <laughs> I have no memory of that. <laughs> but we don't get a flashback until we are seven minutes, 20 seconds into this episode, <laughs> which 
is a long time on Lost to go without a flashback. Yeah, yeah. The flashbacks really do reinforce what's happening in the present mm-hmm. rather than, I think some of the flashbacks do more of that tongue-in-cheek misdirection stuff. Like, I actually, I forget who it is. I want to say it's another Locke flashback. It's his mom, where, like, it's the 1950s or something, yes. and she's listening. Okay. Yeah, yeah and it's, it's just like, to me, it's an unnecessary misdirect uh, in hindsight. <laughs> at, at the time, it's like, oh, are we going to learn about Juliet? Or is this, what, what am I seeing here? None of that with this episode. This episode is very concise. It says, here's Saeed. Here's what he's thinking about. Here's a uh, reverse <laughs> situation. I, just, oh, I, I feel like I can say this up front. This one definitely made me rethink uh, what we said at the beginning, where who has the most disappointing arc mm. or what is the most disappointing arc? Because... Saeed, based on this episode and based off of the episodes that have come before so far, again, this is your protagonist. This is <laughs> this guy could be running the show. And even with like the very painful way that he and Nadia leave things, I'm just like, man, he really, really falls apart mm-hmm. like hard. I was thinking uh, the same thing when I was watching this, especially when um, when Nadia tells him that he's pretending to be something he's not. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, he's not. Except by season four, he decides he is. So yeah, I, he's a character that goes from somebody who is smart and reliable and really thoughtful about what's going on to really being used as sort of like a one-note, badass Jason Bourne type guy. And it, ugh, yeah. My answer is still Michael, but Saeed is uh, Saeed's definitely in there as well because he's so compelling to watch. The whole time he's with Rousseau, you can see him tense. Like, he doesn't know what the heck this woman is about, like how much danger he's in. He's thinking about his options, and you can see it in his eyes. Like, it's just – it's great acting. It's He's – every question that he asks her is so loaded with – emotional and intellectual intent and i love seeing it i love seeing this complex uh, conversation go on between the two of them and she the actress who plays rousseau she really comes off as just like this animal that's just been on her own for so long she feels dangerous like you don't know what the heck she's gonna do to him you don't know if she's gonna jump his bones or if she's gonna stab him to death or just keep electrocuting him or shoot him it's just uh, uh. Yeah, I, we got to talk about her clothes though, because how have these survived the test of time? Um, no, but I. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I loved is just how Saeed, he only lies to her once when he says that Nadia is dead. And in fairness, he doesn't know. Uh, he doesn't. It's that felt like a that was the only sour note for me because it felt like a cheap. Ah, uh, now we cut to commercial. But it's like you. He doesn't know that she's dead. I mean, you know, given the political climate in his country, it is a very good guess that he's dead. But he doesn't say, I guess she's dead. He says she's dead, like he knows. That is Lost being uh, a little, it's lying. It's lying to us, and I don't like it. Yeah, that's a good, uh, I'm sure we'll we'll use that in the many episodes to come. Uh, (laughs) The show is lying. The show is lying. Yeah, I even love that because he doesn't want to reveal that he knows how to kind of navigate being tortured. He never says, oh, I 
tortured. So he says, like, I left because I did something I was ashamed of. Yeah. It's like, yeah. what is that thing, Saeed? But no, no, no. He's like, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I, I just, just know that I'm, I'm a deeply remorseful person. And I also like that Rousseau never tells him that uh, she has a daughter. She just says that it's her child. And so. Yes. Like, yeah. I like that. I, one thing that I found interesting in this episode and something that I'm, I'm not sure about is, so Saeed goes from torturing somebody in the last episode to being tortured himself in this episode. And I'm curious if that is the writers being clever and saying, well, now the shoe's on the other foot and, you know, now this is being done to you. Or if it is a deliberate choice to be like the island is moving that karma around, like the island is putting these people into these situations to short, sort of balance justice, balance morality. And I never want to get too far ahead of the show because the show ha has let me down. So I don't want to say that that's definitively what's going on. I think it's probably more the writers being like, well, now Saeed's the one on the receiving end. But I do like to think that the show is that smart and that the island is doing this on purpose. I don't know. What do you think? I'm realizing it's a very interesting development of Saeed's character when Kate, again, says, you know, well, we survived a plane crash. We got really lucky. And he's like, that wasn't luck. <laughs> to be clear like so we know from the previous episode that saeed basically says like i'm not going to call this fate or destiny but i will say this doesn't happen mm -hmm. so something's off yeah and what i like about that with the whole scenario of now him being tortured and getting the flashbacks of nadia is that then of course we find out that nadia sent a message saying like i will meet you if not in this life then in the next one mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. There is genuinely, A, I totally get now why Saeed wants to get off the island so bad, because for him, it doesn't matter if he's alive or dead. He's like, one way or another, I have a shot at finding Nadia. If it's this life, less likely. If it's the next life, more likely. But this really comes to a head when uh, Rousseau uh, says Saeed. And he like looks at her like, how the? <laughs> and like... Uh, he gives this moment of, I'm like, does he think that this is Nadia, but in this lifetime? Um, and, and it's reversed. Like, she, she's now torturing him. Because um, you're, you're right, too, about, like, the is she going to torture him or jump his bones? Like, there's definitely some sexual tension there. Oh, yeah. Um, I read that, actually, in a, in a cut scene, she actually does kiss him. But I think that, that the, the implication is very much there. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. What we know of Saeed is like, I really felt like he was like, is this Nadia? And again, in terms of the writing, super clever mm -hmm. that as Saeed is coming to, she's asking him in like 12 different languages, mm -hmm. where is Alex? So that, of course, when she sees on the card written in Arabic, it would be surprising just to hear that someone knows his name. But it also is justified because like, no, clearly Rousseau knows several different languages. Yeah. That part of Saeed's character, I, I didn't put together until this episode because yeah like for him it, again alive or dead doesn't matter he has one goal in mind which is i i want to find nadia and this person might be her might not i might be alive i might be dead either way i'm here i'm gonna go <laughs> pursue what i want to do 
Yeah, Saeed's religion is interesting. I know there is one episode that I can recall where we do see him praying. And I always thought that that was a weird inclusion to be to do it just like one time and to show it when it does. It never seems to come up again. But I I, I don't know if like when he's when he's trapped and he's like hanging upside down, if if he's if he's muttering like a prayer in Arabic, he's saying something. But it's not clear to me if he's just sort of like delirious and he's just muttering something in his native language or if he's actually offering a prayer. And I don't recall what other sort of religious stuff that he talks about, but it is there. They do kind of make that a part of his character. And I'm 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 definitely I'll definitely be looking for it moving forward to see, you know, what his thoughts are on this. Yeah, it's like a pragmatic religion. I don't it's, know. It, it's, I, it seems incongruous because he does seem so practical and a man of science. And yet I, I can't I can't speak intelligently on it because I, I honestly don't remember like what else he does in the series. No. Yeah. Just on that spirituality thing, too. When he realizes that this is the French woman who's been playing the um, mm-hmm. message, I, it almost seems like the again, Navin Andrews is like, is this the French woman? And it's like, come on, of course, you're not going to have just stumbled on the French. And then sure enough, it is. <laughs> Saeed, knowing something is up with the island, I think that at the very least, Navian Andrews played this perfectly, where he definitely thinks there is some supernatural element at play, and all he is doing is trying to get through it. <laughs> so. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the take I have is that he is very confused and desperately trying to figure out what the hell is going on? It doesn't make sense. Like he makes it very clear that from all of his reactions and interactions with Rousseau, that it's like, this isn't adding up. Like how the heck has this woman been here all this time? How that, like, how did they get here? How did I get here? What the heck is with that cable? We'll get to that. But yeah. Do you want to get into the recap? Cause I feel like there's, there's uh, so much stuff. There is I so wanna, much stuff. I want to hit it. Like I want to make sure that we get everything. Okay, okay, all right. All right, so we open not on an eye, but on Saeed on the beach. He's looking at a photo of Nadia. He sees something in the sand, and it's a cable that extends into the ocean and then deeper into the haunted damn jungle. Uh, I remember the first time seeing this, like the first time ever watching it, and just being like, oh, like that is incredible. It's one of the first real clues that there's other stuff going on in this island that there are you know it's not just monsters and spookiness it's there's 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 a cable there's an electrical cable what is it doing in the in the water and if i remember correctly we don't follow that cable into the water until like season three yeah i think that's right so yeah i uh i just remembered the first time he sees that and he starts following in i was oh i was so pumped also just because it is at the beginning that shot of Saeed on this beautiful island. Yes, beautiful uh, opening shot. I, I didn't recognize the name of the director. The whole episode is shot really, really well. Makes really good use of the space. Um, you know, there's there's some really funny moments. There's some really intense moments. So I do want to say there is a cut scene here uh, that you can hear some of the audio of. And what it is, and I think it's actually pretty clear. It actually... Made all made sense to me, and I I think cutting the scene made sense. But everybody is drinking out of the water, and Vincent 
goes down to drink out of the water and then Shannon freaks out because she's like, oh, there's a dog in the water. And then she's yelling at the dog and then Walt comes down and yells at her and then she yells at Walt and then Michael yells at Shannon for yelling at Walt. And then the dog jumps into the water where everybody's getting their water and it's just like bait and like just shakes around and everybody's freaking out. Um, which prompts Michael to design the the sluices or the uh, channels later on. Um, so you hear some of that, and I think it's it's clear now, um, as Jack is um, oh, it's when he's treating Sullivan. That's that's when that <laughs> you can you can hear it when that's happening. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting that there's there's a whole there's a whole sec. It seemed like there was a lot of stuff that was cut from this episode. It ended up being too long, and I'm gonna talk a little bit more later on about the writing of this episode, because there's, there's a very interesting detail. So we, Jack is changing Sawyer's bandages. Um, Sawyer is complaining about the torture. Fair. He asks Jack if this, if he thinks this will buy him a ticket into heaven, which I will take as uh, yet another clue that we're, we're all going somewhere for this Island. Jack says it's because no one wants anything to do with him. Um, Sawyer thinks about this for a long time. (laughs) Like the actual time on screen of him, like not responding to that. And like, it looks like he's like taking this in and feeling bad about it. And then he says, she does meaning Kate, of course. And it's just, it's great. It goes from Sawyer being hurt by this revelation to being like, what's the best thing I can say to upset Jack? Uh, which it totally <laughs> works. It does clearly upset Jack. And Jack's like, clean your own damn, change your own damn bandages. Jack happens upon Kate, who is staring uh, down the beach. Uh, she's looking for Saeed, who left two days ago. <laughs> she tells Jack, accidents happen when you torture people, which, again, also fair. Uh, <laughs> I also, uh, whether this is the director or the cinematographer, I really like the the visual gag of it panning from Jack, where he's like, hey, are you looking for someone or just admiring the view? And it shows just the nasty fuselage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, this is a really funny joke. Feels less like a Jack joke and more like a cinematographer being like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like he's trying to be more convivial than, uh, <laughs> than he usually is. It's just like, hey, yeah, let's remember when we were friends. And Kate is not having it. Uh, she is scared for Saeed and not really that thrilled with Jack. Still very pissed at him. It's funny how, like, the last episode, she started off so pissed at Sawyer. And and that is completely flipped. Now she, her full sympathy is with Sawyer, and she's really mad at Jack. Which, um, I think that will be a running theme for the rest of the show. <laughs> um, Jack tells Kate that uh, Saeed's a trained soldier and he can take care of himself. Um, in the jungle, as proof of this, Zaid notices a tripwire and very deftly steps over it, but then steps onto another trap. Uh, it uh, pulls him up. Uh, he's pulled up by a rope, and he gets a stick stabbed into his leg, and um, that's bad. And then there's a cut, and we see sometime later at night, he's still hanging upside down, and somebody cuts him down. And I think the 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 cutting here almost makes it look like it's lock, like with the khaki pants and everything. Um, but obviously it's not. If you will indulge me for a moment, I was curious about this, as I see this a lot in, in movies and sometimes TV shows. I was wondering how long you can hang upside down before it becomes a problem. And um, there, there, there are – I do have some answers to this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I I, just, I wrote this down because I'm like, I thought you could die 
<laughs> so the answer is, yes, you can. You very much can die. So here's why it's bad to hang upside down for longer than a few minutes at a time. It does a few things. One, it can cause asphyxiation because what happens is your lungs, when you're standing upright, normally sit on top of your heavier organs. And they're, they're made to be that way. They're made to sit on top of them. And when you're upside down, all those heavier organs slide up and compress your lungs. So if you're that, in that position for too long, it, scared, it gets very hard to breathe. Two, it can cause blood to pool in the brain and start to rupture blood vessels, leading to a hemorrhage. So your body, once again, designed to be upright. Your feet are designed not to have blood pool in them, but it doesn't really work the opposite way. Um, so if you are ups upside down for too long, you will definitely start to have issues there. And then the third reason is it can cause more blood to rush into your heart than it can manage, which disrupts your blood pressure. So there have been, uh, I forget the name of, of the man, but there was a, a mountain climber who ended up getting stuck uh, upside down for, it was a long time. Uh, I think it was like for longer than a day. Um, and he, he definitely died. There's people who've been like stuck in roller coasters where they've been ups, upside down for a few hours. Basically, it's, it's sort of a crapshoot. It's basically what general level of health you're in to, for how long you can be. But if you are upside down for even just longer than 10 minutes, like it's, you're going to have a bad time. And the longer you stay upside down, the closer you will come to death. It's definitely, Saeed would be really, really uh, hating uh, life uh, if he had been upside down for as long as it seems that he was. He'd also be, he'd be so bloated, like his face would be completely bloated and like there'd be all, would be red and all of this. So yeah, I was just, I was curious about that. So I, so that's the answer. Don't hang no, upside down. <laughs> I'm glad you looked it up because again, I was like, I'm I'm pretty sure. But yeah, um, I like that it demonstrates that she's not just hanging out. Like whoever did this yeah. clearly is uh, uh, has a lot of these traps or doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that was uh, definitely a. Uh, and then he gets smacked in the face. Uh, yep. So. I oh, I forgot to look up what number of head trauma this is. I think it's third, third or fourth. So we go back to uh, the caves where Jack is treating a character known as Sullivan, who is a hypochondriac. Uh, he has hives. I love this character because I personally identify with him. I think this would be me <laughs> the whole time. I think anytime I saw anything weird, I would immediately think that I was uh, harboring some kind of horrible island parasite and would worry about everything. <laughs> so this is what I mean, though, when I was like, I thought that they were just bringing in random people not just extras because at least according to his imdb this is his only appearance on lost is it uh, i could have sworn he shows up again but maybe i'm thinking of i'm probably thinking of ernst or something but yeah i also as a fun fact apparently he played the red skull in the 1990 version of captain america oh wow uh, so, wow deep cut but um well cause i was just i want to know I'm like how many episodes of lost was he in it's like one uh, but <laughs> not only do i think this character is hilarious but i also am realizing they totally did this to sneak Ethan in under the radar. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. I will. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's. Because uh, otherwise, it would be like we are introduced to two new characters: Rousseau and Ethan. <laughs> and one of them. Oh no, here's Sullivan. And Sullivan has way more screen time and dialogue than Ethan. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, here's just two new characters. Whatever. Don't even <laughs> think twice about it. Um, which I think is super clever. And again, I, I feel like um, 
uh, you could chalk that up to the uh, what did you say the writer of this one? His name was David Fury. Uh, David Fury, which is an awesome name. Yeah. And since you mentioned he wrote Walkabout as well, and you mentioned how like you know they had that he had the I forget what you call it like the muscle electrolysis mm-hmm. uh, thing. Like this feels very much in line with that of like how are we going to sneak in a villain? And it's like oh have this character you know like i just oh it's so brilliant in hindsight you would never see it coming it's you know it's super subtle and it's i had forgotten that he just shows up one day and it's 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 perfectly done it's so well done as a guy who's also good with knives and it's like but it's just very much like you literally just slide it in walk away Mm-hmm. And and it's like look at Sullivan, look at Sullivan. Slide this in. and it just—it really felt like a an artfully done magic trick. I really loved it. Yeah, yeah. People are yelling each, at each other over nothing. Hurley mentions that everyone is tense; they have nothing to do. Um, Jack's main concern is survival. He says things could be worse, and Hurley laughs out a beautiful "How!" It's it's a great moment. It's I love Hurley. Saeed is strapped to a table and being electrocuted by Rousseau. We get our first flashback. We have Saeed interrogating a Shiite insurgent. Uh, his superior, Omar, has granted his transfer to the intelligence division, and he sees Nadia being led down a corridor. But real quick, they, um, again, the cinematography in this, there's that Russian submarine movie, Red October. Yes, The Hunt for Red October. Uh, that's right. And like it has all these like mostly white actors and apparently in the opening sequence of the movie, everyone's talking Russian and then it like kind of like zooms in on one of them and then suddenly zooms out and they're all talking English. So mm-hmm. it's like you get that, oh, they're speaking Russian, but for your benefit. Yeah. Did the exact same thing here with uh, <laughs> Saeed interrogating this guy and then the camera like does that slow pan zoom and then suddenly it's in English and I'm like, God, that's brilliant. I didn't Love even it. notice it. That's great. Yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Because they did it so, it was so well done. And then I wanted to also give points deducted for whoever was working sound effects because they took the most repeated generic puke sound effect from. Yeah. It was, it was so, it was, I was so disappointed because it's, it's such an intense scene. And then all of a sudden it's just like, and it's like, I mean, that's what that's effectively like what the sound is when you hear that. It's like in um, did you see the Babadook? Uh, oh, yeah. The horror movie. Yes. So the Babadook uh, at the very end of the movie, like there's a sound that's like a it's like a dinosaur sound that you've heard in like a billion dinosaur movies. And anytime a dinosaur shows up in a cartoon, like it's that sound. And it immediately took me out of it where I was just like, I. Why did you do that? I was really on board with this. And now this thing just sounds like a cartoon. And it was the same thing where it was just like, he's just like, and I was like, oh, yes. Why? That's the sound. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I, uh, you're right. Points deducted. Unacceptable. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay. Uh, we're back to the caves. We get our first appearance of Ethan who's played by actor William Apother, who, as we all know, is the first cousin of Tom Cruise. Um, Walt. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Cruise's full first name is Thomas Cruise Mapother IV. Did you know that? No. (laughs) Um, Fun fun fact. Uh, 
Ethan does not come off as a creep here. He comes off as a regular dude. Walt tries to go hunting with Locke, but Michael tells him it's not going to happen. And Hurley finds something in the luggage. Now, um, this to me felt like a Pulp Fiction reference. Did you, <laughs> did you get that vibe at all? I'll take it. I'll take it. Because <laughs> he kind of sparkles on his face and he's like, whoa, dude. <laughs> It's the cuts in this episode are just great. The, the there's one coming up when they're playing golf that is might be one of my favorite cuts at all of the show. <laughs> um, so uh, we go back to Said. He tries to get Rousseau to stop torturing him. Uh, she asks if it's really been 16 years, and then she knocks him out. Which again, I think this is the third or fourth major head trauma in the season. She tells him that her transmission, because he he points out that, like, you know, those batteries that he she has aren't powerful enough for the transmission. Uh, and she says that her transmission is being broadcast from somewhere else, but, quote unquote, they control it now. We get our second flashback. Uh, Said is looking over Nadia's file. Uh, they established their previous relationship when they were children together. Nadia has previously been tortured. She's been doused with acid. A drill has been put through her hands and her, the skin has been flayed off the soles of her feet. Jesus Christ. I, I wish I could speak more intelligently about the Gulf War. I really can't. I do remember reading some stuff, you know, at post 9-11 about, you know, the political situation over there. And all I remember is that it's it was horrendous. And that's the only intelligent thing I can say about that. I um, Well, that and I think it goes without saying then that Saeed's response to this was if you were innocent i'm sorry and it's like dude <laughs> <laughs> okay here's a good that, question do you get the impression that saeed believes in his government's cause or he's doing what he needs to to survive in this regime yeah well and this is one of the things that really made me flip in terms of how much i like saeed as a compelling character because i don't know and I think that it's purposely left vague, uh, along with a handful of other things uh, that happen in this episode. Because, <laughs> um, as you know, they start us off that first flashback. He's interrogating that one guy and says, you know, he doesn't know anything. Mm -hmm. uh, he never gives us any sort of indication with Nadia. So clearly he must, I mean, given what we have seen, it seems like he must think, yeah, Nadia does know something. She oh, does yeah. have conviction. Yeah. And it also makes me wonder, because we do see, as the flashbacks progress, Nadia does eventually wind up with, like, bruises here and there. Like, is Saeed actually torturing her? I think so, yeah. I don't know past the initial scene with the two of them how much torturing is going on, but he definitely, yeah, I had forgotten that, that he does, he's like, I'm, I'm going to hurt you. I think it was interesting that he mentions that she comes from a prominent family. It there's there's a lot of fill in the blank here. And one of the things that I we've previously talked about how I, I love it when Lost does this, where it's like they tell you a lot about their backstory, but they still let you fill in some spaces there. And the impression I got was Saeed does not come from a very wealthy family. And being in the military you know, keeps him safe, but also gives him, you know, some authority. It gives him some power. I don't know that he necessarily believes in what his regime is doing, but I get the sense that he is, you know, he doesn't mind being a torturer. 
I don't think – I mean, Nadia says that he's pretending to be something he's not. I think that she knows that he is better than the terrible things that he's doing to people. But I don't get the impression from what we've seen so far that he was totally unwilling. Like, it seems like he is good at torturing people, and he's he's good with having that skill set. Uh, and in, and like in the present day, like on the island, it seems like he is very remorseful over what he's done. And I think that, you know, the, his encounter with Nadia had, makes him change. So, like, now he's definitely like, you know, I, I did a lot of things in the war I'm, I, I'm not proud of. But well, at, the, at the time, it felt like, you know, I, I was the, the nerdy kid at the back of the class. And you were the popular girl. And, you know, a little bit vindictive of him to then be like, I'm going to torture you. So, you know. <laughs> Because roles are reversed. But I also wonder if part of that is what he's taken from that experience is if he felt to a certain extent that Nadia was manipulating him to try and get the torture eased. Um, and why, in the, of course, the second flashback, but it's like, hey, I've been tortured. Yeah. Uh, badly. Yeah. Uh, I'm not manipulating you. Yeah, um, no, that's uh that's a good point. The uh and I and I, I appreciate that the the show does not pull its punches there. Like that is brutal torture. Like you can see the scars in her hands, you can see the the at the acid splash. It's huh, uh, huh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just in terms of like what does Saeed believe in, like he thinks something supernatural has happened or he thinks he's died and this is just what happens when you die. But um <laughs> in, in terms of like how he feels about the military, because even then, like um as we, they like, they gloss over the dialogue, you know, because when he sees Nadia walk past, his superior says to him, you won't miss being a communications officer. Mm. And uh, Saeed says something to the effect of, he's like, no, I won't mind. I'm glad to be rid of it. So he's being promoted to torture more. And yeah, as you said, it's not as though he's like morally opposed. But well, I think if he's if he's going to the intelligence division, it seems like he's more work. He would be working in like espionage, so not necessarily torturing more. But he would be, he would be basically he would be promoted to like a, a higher rank or whatever. So he would definitely be ordering tortures. Well, and I also had a really tough time understanding his relationship with that guy, the superior officer. Yeah, Omar. Yeah, I also didn't understand his comment when he's like you'll be my superior uh, for now or something. He's like, I'll try to endure. I, I didn't, I just didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> I think what they're saying is he's recommending him to be transferred. And when he does, he will be promoted above uh, whatever uh, rank Omar is. So basically he's saying like, you know, you don't have to call me, sir, when it's just the two of us. Cause you know, we're buddies kind of. And, uh, you should enjoy, and then Saeed saying like, well, you should enjoy getting to be above me now because eventually, I don't know, but, but yeah, it's just, they have, they have a relationship that is, this guy clearly respects Saeed's ability to torture people. <laughs> and Saeed's like, yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. We're buddies, whatever. I don't care. And I'll shoot you in five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the present, Rousseau notes that Saeed has a bullet wound. Uh, in the caves, Michael is sketching something, and Hurley is building something. He's very excited about it. We go back to Rousseau and Saeed. Rousseau doesn't believe Saeed's story. Uh, he says Nadia is dead because of him. 
We in the caves, Michael shows Jack his idea for a water distribution system. And <laughs> Jack is excited about this, but Jack has the question of like, you drew this? Where it's like, who else would draw this, Jack? I don't know. <laughs> it's a silly question. Well, know. but then he, he does say he's like, I thought you were construction. He does. Um, he does. You're right. But, and Michael says um, he was an artist in a previous life. So we get yet another layer onto his character. I, which I like been cool. Or yes. I know you're right. I, I will get. Oh, yeah. Um, ja- I like Jack is very smiley this episode. Like, it, it seems like Jack is this is jovial Jack. This is he's you know, he's he's getting along. Um He's very excited about this idea. Also because Jack just loves caves. I think any time someone's like, hey, Jack, this is a great cave. You know what would make this cave even better? If we made some channels for the water to go and we could have a shower. And Jack's like, yeah, caves are great. <laughs> Kate should live here with the cave with me. But it was at this point in the episode that I'm like, maybe I've been too hard on Michael. Because this yeah. is productive. It does make me think back to when Walt had the comic in Spanish. And he's like, how can you read that? You can't read Spanish. Like, dude, you if you were an artist, like, yeah, yeah you can understand from a picture, dude. Like, yeah, it's it's like, God. But I was also like, you know, when I had COVID, I was e- easily irritated. I'm realizing they were in a plane crash. Maybe the Michael that we saw in the previous episodes was like, yeah, I'm just upset and grumpy and irritated. And <laughs> now we're seeing the side of Michael that's like, all right, I'm I'm OK. I'm OK. And I can yeah. contribute. And um all it made me think, too, was that uh, I wish if Harold Perrineau was in season six, uh, which I don't believe he is, that uh, they had made him a painter because that would have been. I think I can't remember if he shows up as a ghost. I think maybe he does. I think he does. Is he in a flash sideways, though? No, I think they're like somebody's going through the jungle and he like shows up with, with the whispers or something. Uh, I can't tell you he is mentioned in the epilogue in a very uh, significant way. I'll be very curious to check that out when uh, we get to it. So. Yeah. You know what I also like? I like this pairing of Jack and Michael. And I don't remember how far, if this friendship ever develops. But I, I think they, they make a cool pair. Because they're both fairly level-headed guys. And it there's there's so many quirky characters on the island who all have like their own thing. Like there's Sawyer and there's Hurley and there's Charlie. And Michael is just sort of like, look, man, I'm just trying to do what I can. And that is Jack's entire thing. He's just like, you're being, you're being a productive member of this Island society. Yes. I'm a doctor. You can sketch things and build things. We are friends. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, Hurley comes to show them his two hole golf course. One of the best moments of this or any other episodes is when Hurley talks about how much their life sucks. And he's talking about like, there's monsters and polar bears, and Michael scoffs, and he's like, polar bears? And then Charlie just looks at him and goes, oh, you didn't hear about the polar bear? And I was like, holy shit! Michael doesn't know about the polar bear. They've been on the island for, what, two weeks or something? Which, of course, would happen. Like, some stuff, like, people would start rumors and everything, but of course, if there's, like, 40-plus people on this island, not everybody has heard about the polar bear, and Michael is one of those people. He just didn't hear about the polar bear. Yeah, I love that continuity too, because you know it's not even like oh he would have absorbed this, but no, it's like no, yeah, he doesn't know. No, and, um, and Charlie isn't even—he's not a jerk about it. He's just—he's really just like you didn't hear about the polar bear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love that. Yeah, it was so good. 
Rousseau Show Said, The Music Box. It was gifted to her by Robert. The worst moment of uh, the entire episode for me is she takes out an old syringe and then injects Said with it. I I don't even have a problem with needles. I have a problem with dirty needles. I don't I don't I was I was I was squirming in, on the couch. I was just like, no, don't put that in him. You've been on this island for 16 years. You're filthy. Oh my god, please don't do this. <laughs> I was so upset. Yeah, that was a. Uh, <laughs> I hope I hope Said's had a recent tetanus shot. Uh, cut to uh, my favorite. The my favorite. greatest. Yes. <laughs> the exchange between Michael and Jack. Let me ask you, was there ever any doubt in your mind, like, when you first saw this, like, what they were talking about? Like, did you, were you surprised? Does, does it yes. undo the joke a little bit? <laughs> no, I mean, I still, it, it lands so well. Uh, yeah, I, you know, because it's one of those things when it cuts back where I'm like, wait, what are they talking about? I'm like, oh, shit, this is like, and it feels like it's self parody uh, in a way where it's like they're, it's like, oh shit, is this going to be, they got to lock Hurley up or, you know, like what, <laughs> what is it? And then it's like, oh no, uh, oh God, I loved it. I loved it. And you I, know, honestly, <laughs> I know it, it's just, it honestly is one of my favorite moments uh, of the season so far. It's, it's just, it's funny. Like it's, it's really like, it's not forced. Like it, it really made me laugh. The A story is so heavy with the torture and everything. And it's still, I don't know, it's such a tone shift, but it also just, <laughs> I don't know, I love it. I wrote that it reminds me of the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, when Raphael is on the rooftop getting the shit kicked out of him, and it keeps cutting to the turtles in the living room just joking around. <laughs> and I uh, I was like, oh! It's like that kind of juxtaposition where it's like, yeah, like this is this is messed up, but it's also like, this is really, really well executed from a comedy level and <laughs> added some levity. So uh, Sullivan uh, finds them. Um, he has more issues with his hives. And then he's like, are you playing golf? Can I play? <laughs> and uh, it was great. Rousseau tells Said her first name, Danielle. She says her science team was three days from Tahiti uh, when their instruments failed. And I have something for you. Oh? David Fury gave an interview to Lostpedia about this, and, and he spoke about this episode. So apparently, Fury broke this story, which means that they, when they were first um, putting the ideas together for what stories would be which episodes, he broke this story with J.J. Abrams um, before J.J. left. Um, so in the interview with Lostpedia, David Fury said that Rousseau and her, te- Rousseau and her team went to the island – and there was originally a, a, an exchange in the script where Said said, what were you trying to research? And Rousseau said, time. And the network told them to remove it. Uh, so, orig- so the idea that the island had some kind of time travel quality was baked into the very first season. Right down in its, in its marrow, it was there. And the network asked them to get rid of it because they didn't want anything to be too overtly sci-fi. And I thought that was fascinating. The idea that like they weren't gonna she they weren't gonna talk about it beyond that. They were just gonna say the thing that they were researching specifically was time, and that was just supposed to hang there and be like, well, what the heck does that mean? You know, that's so interesting though too, because even with the semi flashbacks that we've gotten uh, that we eventually get of Russo. Um, she always felt to me like, 
Richard Alpert levels of out of out of place, out of time. Yeah. Like whenever she talks about the Black Rock and things like for whatever reason, my brain always assumes this happened in like the 1850s. <laughs> and I, I I have to remind myself, it's like, no, 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 this was 16 years ago. She like, anyway, I, I don't know if that's something that carried over or not, but it would make me curious if that was an original idea for Rousseau is that she was like literally a Magellan uh, era type <laughs> explorer and doesn't know how, but somehow has wound up in the 21st century. <laughs> I just, I always get the vibe, even if that's not, maybe it's because she's French. That's uh, maybe that's why she's French. <laughs> she's also like, she plays, you know, having been alone on a desert Island for 16 years, very well. Like, I don't even know. Well, I can't imagine being stuck, you know, for an entire year without other people, let alone 16. Like, that's just, that does things to you. Well, and like, you know, to Ben's point later, it would make a lot more sense for him to abduct a child if he recognized like, oh, this woman has popped through time. We can't let her raise this baby <laughs> with, uh, with uh, 19th century logic. I'm going to take it. Because uh, I still don't remember why Ben takes the baby. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm just, that's interesting. That's very interesting. So Rousseau tells Saeed that um, she mentions the Black Rock, uh, which at this stage in the show, uh, one would assume is just a Black Rock, not a, what, 18th century pirate vessel called the Black Rock. She she does mention the others. She says the others were carriers and she, she says she hasn't seen other people on the island, but hears their whispers. And this is when Saeed gets to look at his face and is like, oh, she's totally crazy. I don't remember if they redcon this, though, when we do finally see Rousseau's flashback that she does see them. But I will forgive that because, once again, she has been on the island for 16 years and God knows what she remembers or anything. It's also one of those things where a criticism that people had was like, wait, they – they all like these people like saw each other like years ago and they didn't put it together. It's like, if you saw somebody one time in like a hospital and then saw them again, like five or six years later, you probably would not recognize them. Like it, it I'm, I'm willing to forgive that, you know, maybe she did see some people and she's just not, she's just not recalling it, but she does say that she's never actually seen anyone. I, and yeah, and like you said, I, I think stuff like that is forgivable because the other thing is that maybe she did. And then from then on, all she hears is the whispers and mm -hmm. maybe she's, like, she's like, did I see people? Like, yeah. you know, like it's been so long. Yeah. I don't know anymore. Um, <laughs> but no, and I, I think anyone who would make that argument also has never, uh, for whatever reason, because I feel like everyone's had this, when you see someone in a TV show or movie and you're like, that guy looks familiar. And then you look through the catalog of what they've been in, and it's like, oh, they were in this movie from 1995. And it's like, I saw that movie. That can't be what I was thinking of, though, was it? And like, <laughs> even then, like thinking like this fact of this person's biography, I'm second guessing because I'm like, there's no way that's the only thing I saw them in. <laughs> I do that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, did I see that movie? I don't think I saw that movie. She uh, uh, can tell that Saeed doesn't believe her. Uh, he says, and very compassionately, uh, that he, think, he thinks she's been alone for too long. And she has. Uh, we get a flashback, a very short flashback. Um, Nadia tells Saeed that he's pretending to be something he's not. On the beach, Boone gets Shannon to come with him to watch Jack play golf. 
Uh, Kate starts to go when Sawyer stops her with a, a great quip, which is uh, Dr. Playing Golf. What's next? Cop eating a donut. It's adorable. And he's not wrong. She mentions to him that, you know, he should make more of an effort to not be uh, a pariah. Said gets the music box working. There's a roar outside. Russo says if they're lucky, it's one of the bears. Um, when he cautions her about the monster, she says there's no such thing as monsters, which raises all sorts of questions. It's like, wait a second. She's never seen Smokey? She's never heard Smokey? What is, what, what's going on? Is, is there even a monster? Are, is she crazy? Are we crazy? Uh, it, it makes you ask questions. I, I like that. And also, yeah, I just, uh, this is one of those moments too, that makes it feel very, and I think they said this at some point, I feel like I read or heard this somewhere where Russo very much embodies that, um, Sarah Connor Ripley. Yeah. Uh, because I really do like that. She's like, yeah, there's no such thing as monsters. It's like, uh, fuck, I, I put down bears. Like, <laughs> you know, like. If there was a monster here, oh, believe you me, I, I've taken care of it. But, like, I don't know. I, I really, um, it's just, it's a very badass moment. It really made me appreciate her. Yeah. yeah Rousseau and her, her giant, giant pants. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, another short flashback, uh, Said is told to execute Nadia uh, back on the island. Said escapes. He takes Rousseau's maps, um, which, you know, kind of a dick move. Uh, he leaves a photo of Nadia. And then, uh, just when they were letting us like Michael, his kid shows up to remind us that he left him alone with a sleeping woman to play golf. Because we can't have nice things. But no, it just it gets worse. Because I, I actually <laughs> I I do appreciate the sincerity uh in his apology. He's it like, is, I messed up. It, I'm it really is a sorry. Very good apology, you're right. But then, uh, you know, his, he's like, why don't you play golf with us? And then it's Michael's turn. And what does he do? He just takes it. He's like, yeah, I just like was like, dude, dude, it's right there. It's right there. Just say, like, just say, Walt's going to play for me. Like, I get that he's excited, but I, it feels so intentional. It's like, oh, you're, absolutely. You're not he letting was, us like him. Like, like, I'm, I, uh. I, I hated cruising. that. I hated I that moment and it's so such much. A, and like you said, it's so intentional because like his apology is so sincere. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Uh, uh, it's another yeah. going out of the way to show us that he doesn't know how to be a father. But it's even... And the funny thing is like we're not watching these episodes back to back. Like we're watching them very closely. But we're watching them, you know, week to week. Like it's... it's you. And I still feel like we're being hammered over the head with, like, Michael's not good at this. And I, ugh. In an otherwise stellar episode, this stands out as me. And it's it's not even like, you know, I get it's a choice that the writers are making to, you know, be like, you know, this is something he needs to work on. But it, I hate it. I hate it. I hate seeing no, it. No. Yeah, it really was like, I seriously, like, paused the episode to take the note about the, the writing where I'm like, I've been too hard on Michael. And, and this moment, I even like, again, as much as the, the sleeping woman thing or sleeping Claire, I was like, dude, um, <laughs> as much as that did bother me, I was like, I felt, I felt the apology felt so sincere and then pulled the rug out. And yeah. uh, God, ah. And I get that he got carried away because, you know, he didn't even know what Hurley was going to show them. But it's just it. Uh, it's they're, they're, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Said ends up in a standoff with Rousseau. Uh, we get our last flashback. Um, he sets Nadia free. Um, he says if he deserted, they'd kill his family. Uh, yikes. Uh, he shoots Omar and then himself. And then Nadia writes uh, her message to him on her on her photo. Back in the on the island, uh, Said's gun has no firing pin, and Rousseau removed it because Robert tried the same thing on her. Um, she says she killed her entire team because they were sick. Said says it's been seven years since he's seen Nadia. Uh, he tells uh, he tells her he's not sick. She says she knows, and she says uh, to watch the other survivors closely. Um, she reveals that Alex was her child. Sawyer and the group bond over golf. I don't understand how the betting is working in this in this exchange. Like I was trying to be like, wait, who's for who? And I realized it, it doesn't matter. But I was all, I was just very confused. I was like, well, wait, who gets the sunscreen in this instance? I don't know. Anyway, I got to say just real quick. That was so cute. I, you know, <laughs> the last episode had really made me warm to uh, Sawyer and Kate, uh, even amidst all of the sexual harassment that has been happening. Um, this was the first time between Sawyer and Kate that, and I might be wrong, but I didn't think that it was sexual harassment involved. Um, <laughs> and, hard uh, to tell. <laughs> well, cause I also really liked when she did say, you know, as one outcast to another, you should make an effort. Yeah. And, uh, shitty Sawyer would have been like, uh, or, you know, just silence. But instead he goes out of his way to think about it and then he goes, duly noted. And yes, like, yes. And, it felt so sincere, you know, like he's like, I want you to know I heard you and I'm thinking about it. Yeah. And um, no, their relationship has definitely gone up a notch. Yeah. And then this was so great, too. When Sawyer does show up and he makes this bid of like, I'll bet two bottles of sunscreen. And of course, like very clearly, people are like, I'm not on board with this guy. And then Kate takes it. And yeah, sure enough. Yeah. They, no, it's I, a, yeah. Hurley accomplishes. Uh, his goal, which is it brings people together. It makes people relax. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful moment. It's really, it's nice. Um, and it's, it's one of uh, many instances to come of Hurley being a bright spot uh, amongst the survivors and really doing everything he can to make people feel better. It's uh he's such a, a, a warm presence and it's, it's really nice. Um, I also really enjoyed his interactions with Charlie where they're, where <laughs> He's clearly frustrated with him. It was still very cute. I uh, And just while we're hovering around that, I absolutely love, and if I find the track, I'm going to put it in. But I love, uh, this goes way back to early in the episode when Jack's like, what are you doing? And there's a long pause and Hurley goes, <laughs> this amazing laugh. Uh, it's just like, it's ah, yeah. Hurley is uh, definitely a rock star this episode. Yeah, absolutely. We cut to Locke practicing his throwing. Uh, he asks Walt if his father knows he's there. And Walt says, can you teach me how to do that? And he gives Walt a knife. And again, I get it. Like, I get that you had to show us that scene with Michael to show that him and Walt, that Walt is pissed at his dad and he's looking for a father figure and Locke might fill that role and it might be a, a dangerous person to fill that role. I get it. I I see what you're doing, episode. I just, you know, it's, it, it's, 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 it's a father. It's painful to see. Yeah. Although I will say, I, I wrote this down, and now it makes so much more sense knowing that's the same writer of Walkabout. Because you specifically mentioned on the Walkabout episode, like, are we just supposed to assume that Locke was practicing? And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, here's a, here's a scene that was cut from that episode. That, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know if that's true. But, you know, it's like, clearly, 
Yeah, they're just showing him practicing. It's like, oh, that probably is what he was doing before he went on the walkabout. He probably practiced. Yeah, uh, so no, I and I also like that they they show him practicing. Like I always feel like in most movies and TV shows, when you see a character who's really good at something, like they're always just like hanging out at a bar, or they're just like you know just. They don't want to fight. They're just like you never see them actively like working on their skills until it's time for them to kill people when they're just one hundred percent perfect, always good at stuff. Like Locke is actually we know Locke is already good with knives, but he's still practicing. I also think that Locke just prefers to be by himself throwing knives at trees. Uh, but and then the last uh, last scene is uh, Said is is trying to is he's he's wandering through the jungle. Uh, he's got a limp because of his leg, and he hears whispers. And that was Solitary, a fantastic episode. Um, you had mentioned that this was a banger of an episode. And um, I, you know, I remember this episode, but I don't remember it being this good. Like, it, it, it's tight. It builds on what came before. The acting is great. There's some really funny lines in it. There's some really touching stuff in it. I, this is absolutely one of my favorite episodes that we've watched so far. And... Um, before before we done this rewatch, I I don't I don't think that I would have even remembered how, how good it was. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I you know I remembered Moth, um, but yeah, this one easily uh, so far definitely uh, best episode. Uh, again, I even put it above Walkabout in that regard because it just like I, I think the other thing too is that it you know answers a couple of those questions that have been left floating such as like there is a transmission that we found in the first pilot episode and it's like oh and now we met the person that's mm-hmm. like that's a pretty quick turnaround for a yeah. lost mystery <laughs> and, um, yeah and like saeed again I, I also think for whatever reason as a kid i just didn't I, I don't think i appreciated his character nearly as much but yeah he's just got without feeling incongruent with what we see he is uh so captivating mm-hmm I will say, too, it is weird. I'm realizing that this is the first time that I noticed that, yeah, you have, traditionally you have, like, the A story and the B story or maybe a C story. And in, I don't know that any other show ever did, like, oh, your A story and your B story are, are going to be about the same person. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, Because uh, having those flashbacks really does add, like, just a, I, I know this is, like, a whole thing of, like, lost narrative structure, but... It is wild that you can have an A story and a B story with the same character. I yeah, and I and then you and then you have a C story, which is just them goofing around playing golf. Yeah. Like that's that's the beauty of Lost, and I think why this episode and the last episode, one of the reasons why it's so good is that you are far enough into the season now where you set up a lot of foundations for who these characters are. You set up the stakes for what the situation is on the island. And now you just get to see how those characters react in different kinds of situations. Like you, you have built a really strong foundation to just tell these kinds of stories and you can leave things hanging uh, from previous episodes and pick up on other ones. And it's, it flows together really well. Like it's the show is firing on all cylinders here and it's, it's so gratifying to see it's so (laughs) it's, it's really good. Yeah. What I do like is that this has some of those same strands as uh, Walkabout in the sense that, yeah, there's unanswered questions like, what are the whispers? But it, it, the, the episode doesn't hinge on it. 
mm-hmm. you know, like, and they answered, I felt like way more <laughs> like, cause even though, yes, there's a coil or a, I'm sorry, a wire, whatever goes into the ocean and over here, even though, no, we don't know where that goes. It's also like, that's not the point of this episode. Like, you know, it's not, it's, this is Saeed on his own. And I think that's so much better than say son's episode where it's like, they're just building up to pull the rug out from under you that she speaks English. Yeah, that's that whole episode. That's the one thing it builds up to. And it's 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 deflating because what else do we learn in that episode? Not much. Yeah, real good. And also just again, that writer, uh, David Fury. I love it that they even explain Nadia's shitty handwriting because literally (laughs) like I remember when I saw Saeed looking at at the beginning of this episode. I'm sure this was true in the other ones, too. But yeah, like even though I don't read or speak Arabic, I was like, that's some shitty handwriting. (laughs) and. (laughs) <laughs> then by the time you see the flashback, you're like, oh, because she needed to go. <laughs> like, like, this was a life or death situation. <laughs> and like, oh, man. Like, stuff like that, too. And again, like, lock practicing the knives. Like, that kind of continuity. Same thing with, like, the cuts, as we talked about in the last episode. Goes a long way to just making it feel uh, cohesive. And uh, certainly the thing that, you know, I think... Well, we'll get to it when we get to it. But I think you were the one that told me, because I never saw the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones, but that at some point they basically, quote unquote, unlocked fast travel. Oh, man. Um, it's because... such a it's it makes me so mad. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a common complaint to uh, I know in the um in the various forums that, you know, for fans and stuff, because you you spend an entire season just getting to King's Landing and then. After that, people just show up there, and it. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's not. That's not the point. Go on. <laughs> well, I. Well, I guess what I mean by that is it's just like. A, I think when you do lose continuity, as I feel the show does further along, it it is those types of things where it's like you, you don't want to feel smarter than the show. I like mm-hmm. that they they leave it vague enough that it's like, yeah, maybe this is about time travel. Maybe they are in purgatory. Like, there's enough lingering. That it could be any of those things uh, without preaching it. Because I think that's the other thing is that when I think about this time period, I'm reminded of seeing previews for shows like Eli Stone. I don't know if you ever saw the trailer for this TV show. I don't recommend you do it. Some guy has a brain tumor and it causes him to be able to see ghosts (laughs) and he's able to be a lawyer for good guys or something. It's it is. I just What's, remember this. What 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 network was this on? Sorry. I mentioned this because I remember recording. Or maybe this is a fever dream, but I remember when I used to record on my VCR episodes of Lost as they came out. This was something that would be like, "Don't miss tonight's Eli Stone." <laughs> and uh, it, it, I remember the trailer always played the "I Got the Faith" song of like, "I Got the Faith." faith. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's just like. I could definitely understand that if they were making a show about death and purgatory, that they don't want to, that the only other shows that tend to do that are super preachy. I, long story short, I just, yeah, the, the show, it feels very thoughtful. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, and I, I like that. I like it a lot. There's another show like that where it was like the guy got like tomorrow's newspaper today and it was delivered by like a, a cat or like something where it's like, he would like get the paper and he'd find like a, a crime that he could like prevent or, you know, a life that he could save. Remember that I, we could do a whole podcast episode or several episodes about 
the shows that started to come out or the shows that did come out in the wake of Lost. Like it was suddenly like because the first season was so big and the second season really carried that inertia forward that there suddenly like every single network suddenly just started greenlighting shows that were like weird and had mysteries and there was some fantasy sci-fi shit. Like there were so many shows for a long time that came out and we're just like, yeah, it's like lost. You like lost, right? You take this, you take this show. It's <laughs> like, it, it had like the, and none of them were lost. Like uh, the yeah. only one that came close was heroes. And then the writer's strike killed the second season and it never recovered. Oh, <laughs> uh, I still, yeah, we should talk about those shows. Uh, we should, that should be one of our offshoot episodes is what came out around this time. Yeah. Um, Cause I did just double check. Eli Stone was in 2008. So it must've been during the, fourth season or something which i do think lines up with what i was recording on vcr at that point but um <laughs> but yeah and obviously i watched flash forward or suffered through that could be it so i got that it's apparently based on a book but oh boy um <laughs> but anyway another quick thing i wanted to mention too because i i left this out but i really loved that yeah in the first or second flashback nadia says uh, are you going to hurt me saeed and he says i'm going to hurt you but then in the fourth flashback when he's coming in to take her to be executed, she says, are you going to hurt me? And he can't answer. Mm. And, and uh, again, I think like writing like that is so neat, especially because as he's being tortured by Rousseau, again, he's not lying. Uh, sometimes he kind of skirts the truth, but. Um, yeah. Saeed and- has really, I remember there was <laughs> people would like compare who the lost main characters were and compare them to who they were on Gilligan's Island and Said was always compared to uh, who was the professor because he's the he's the smartest guy on the island. Like he he understands people and he understands machines, and he always seems to know himself and to assess the situation really well. I don't necessarily think that continues because uh, you get a lot of different personalities, but at least in these first in this first season, like Said is like. He's the brain like, you know, you know that he's got things under control and and whenever Saeed is upset or scared, that means bad things are happening. Because <laughs> if he can't figure it out, no one's going to figure it out. The other thing that I think it's a little late in the game to be developing a fan theory, but it was <laughs> making me think about this because I don't remember what Rousseau's team is sick with. I don't remember that that gets explained. Oh, so I think the idea that there is some kind of sickness kind of lingers around the show for a while, but I believe when we get to Rousseau's flashback, it really is in her mind. She thinks that they're sick and she, and they're and they're not. Um, I know that there is something about babies on the island, like uh, like fertility doesn't work on the island. That's a thing. But I don't think we get to that until like second season, maybe. For some reason, I think they're all smoke monster, but I don't. <laughs> so I, I vaguely remember Robert, a sequence in season five where she's holding a gun to Robert and he's like, no, really? I'm fine. Please. What are you doing? Think of our baby. And then he tries to shoot her. Um, oh, yeah. You know what? Maybe it is a thing. Maybe you're right. Yeah. But with that in mind, I started thinking of a fan theory and maybe there's something to this. I'd be curious if there's any ammunition for this online. but. I do distinctly remember in the, one of the flash forwards that Jack in his drunken, drugged up state, at one point, 
I don't know if it's Kate or another doctor, but someone says like, Jack, what's going on, man? And he's like, no, I'm sick. I'm sick. Um, and uh, I was thinking about that when she says like, oh, they all get sick. And um, I was like, you know what? Is that true that everyone who leaves the island gets sick? And then I was like, well, Hurley does wind up in a hospital because he gets institutionalized. I mean, he does it to himself. But Jack <laughs> professes that he's sick, uh, which we can see that he is. Um, <laughs> that's when Saeed becomes just a cold-blooded murderer, torturer, um, which I would say is him being sick or corrupted. Uh, son winds up serving her dad, which, again, sort of sick in the corrupted way. Um, <laughs> and uh, Kate... Becomes a mom. Which is its own form of... No, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, no but, like, what, what would the one for Kate be? Because Kate... Is that all it is? Does she, she doesn't... I mean, she's sad. I think she's... Yeah, I don't... I don't remember well, if the sickness ever ends up being like a real thing or if they kind of drop that. I think, I I think like your they... theory your theory holds water. I think you're right because I mean there's you can definitely you can definitely pull that thread. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't recall. I don't recall if that ever actually comes to fruition or if they just quietly are just like ah. the, the, the sickness is a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that would be interesting if it is like if you leave the island, you get sick. Um, I mean, what I remember is that what happens when they leave the island is they all fall back into their old bad habits. I mean, Hurley ends up in an institution again because he was in an institution before. Jack uh, turns to drugs and alcohol when he already was going down that path because he was extremely unhappy in his life. Saeed reverts back to being a torturer because of well, because of Ben, really. I mean, the only one I mean, Kate arguably improves because if I remember correctly, she gets pardoned for all of her crimes. And so she just, you know, just wants to raise, uh, whatever the kid's name is. I think those are all the ones who, I mean, <laughs> when Locke leaves, he commits suicide. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I, he was already going to that direction too. So yeah. Ooh, boy. Ooh, yeesh. Yeah. It's, it's interesting though. I, I do have to ask, uh, because I really did like that similar to that Locke episode, where it did the uh, pan around from the end of Kate's episode to see an, oh, creepy old man staring. And then we get his mm -hmm. episode. And this one has Saeed marching off into who knows where, retracing his steps for different takes, as you mentioned. Um, but, <laughs> um, and then we got Saeed. Based off of that, because I don't know, I don't even think I saw what the episode title is, but who would you guess the next episode is going to be about? See, I know who the next episode is about. Um, so is I it can't... Walt? It's it's not Walt. It's uh, it's Claire. Oh, yeah. And what's interesting is that I had read that this episode and that episode were originally swapped. But if I remember correctly, Claire and Charlie are confronted by Ethan at the end of that episode. So I don't know how that could be true. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. The next episode is raised by another, which is a, a Claire centric episode. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> Thought they were gonna keep that going. Yeah, see, I really, <laughs> I like when they transition like that, where it leads into the next one. But uh, so, oh, sorry. So, who yeah. you, who did you think it would have been? I thought it was gonna be Walt because he, he they yeah. kind of end it with him looking at Locke. Yeah, we don't get to the Walt episode until fourteen special. And frankly, I I can wait. Yeah. As I've previously mentioned, I'm not a big fan of the Walt storyline. Last thing I'll also just mention about this episode that I still like it. It just is such a bummer. 
in retrospect is you have Saeed in love with this woman who is strong, scarred, but with conviction. And his next love interest is this weak, pathetic woman without morals. I am going to push back on that. Uh, I, know, <laughs> I know everybody hates this. I know everybody because because at, at the end of the series, when they're all in the church with their with their soulmates, people were so pissed that he's with Shannon instead of Nadia. And here's what I say to that. Shannon knows who Saeed truly is. She accepts him from from ground zero as she she doesn't know anything about him. She has no previous life with him. She wasn't tortured by him. She my argument is Saeed isn't trying to be something he's not with Shannon. He He's not trying to rekindle something that he lost. He's not trying to be a better man than he is. He simply is who he is. And he and Shannon, even though I agree, it's a weird, it's a weird romance that I don't think ever quite works. I accept that that is the person he ends up with in the church because, because of those reasons. I, yes, I, 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 so, I, I, I mean, <laughs> this has to be an unpopular opinion. I, I am shocked to hear you say this, but <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I will be very curious to see how this unfolds because I am all on, what would you call, Sa- Saadia, not Naive. Whatever you want to call the uh, the merger, <laughs> I um, yeah. I honestly think, I think the I don't know if the show originally intended this, but I think where we end up going with the Nadia story is that like Nadia is the life that Saeed thinks that he's supposed to have, and Shannon is him being honest with who he is. Not saying it's perfect, but that's that's my that's my read on that, and I and I do know that that is an unpopular opinion. I do think the the character of Nadia is a more compelling and a better person, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's my take on that. She uh, was very good. Oh, by the way. I don't I don't think I mentioned uh, during the recap that actress was very good. I uh, really I really enjoyed her. Yeah, I, I don't remember how many episodes she's in, but I I yeah, she's a very uh, great performance. Um, yeah. I also I don't know if this was intended to be funny or not, but I really liked when Saeed says, uh, "I don't have your courage." Uh, he says right before he uh, shoots himself in the leg as well as the guy. Coming out. <laughs> I really, you know what? I didn't mention this before either. The, the fact that he takes like a second or two to like brace himself. Like I really appreciated that. Cause I feel like whenever you see this in movies and TV, you somebody like shoots himself. They're just like, yeah, I'll shoot him. And I'll, I'll shoot myself. And you know, you go, you, know, you go get out of here. It's like, do you understand? Like it, like Saeed especially would understand better than most people as a soldier. Like it hurts to be shot. Like he knows he's going to do this to himself. And he's just like, he's, you can see he's lining himself up in the leg where it's like going to do the least amount of damage, but he's just like, okay, I'm going to shoot myself now. Yeah. Oh man. But all right. Awesome. We did it. We did it. We did it. We did it.